Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, Lil. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BDW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Some places take you away. Some bring you together. Marathon does both. Marathon is Florida's family key with something for everyone. You'll find museums and wildlife refuges, wide open beaches, miles of warm, clear water, and the historic Seven Mile Bridge. For more about Marathon and the latest safety protocols, visit flakeys.com slash marathon. All right, we continue on. Fred Rogan and Rodney Pete on AM570 LA Sports. Uh, later on this hour, Laker fans will open the phone lines. We'll hear from you. Nothing. Nada at the trade deadline. Are you good with what you've got and ready to go? So we'll hear from you because people tried to call last hour. But that wasn't time. No. There's a schedule to all of this, Fred. That's right. We'll do it later this hour. Yeah. All right. Good. Uh, well, we got to talk about the Super Bowl. Uh, let's bring on Michael Lombardi, host of the Lombardi Line on VEASAN, former NFL general manager, three-time Super Bowl-winning NFL executive, host of the GM Shuffle podcast. Michael, thanks for jumping on. No problem. Rodney, always good to talk to you, my friend. Hope you're well. Right on. Right on, Michael. Good to talk to you. It's been a while since I've seen you, man. Are you are you yeah, in a no. Are you making it out to Vegas? I am standing right here in Radio Media Row they call it now trying to yep. avoid as many things as I possibly can <laughs> because if you know if you're breathing they're going to put you on some radio station. So it has nothing to do with me it has everything to do with breathing. <laughs> 100% man I I'm avoiding it myself. I got in uh late last night and um it was kind of quiet but today as I got up and walked around a little bit you could feel the folks starting to really come pouring into town. Yeah, they they're all here and and you know it's only going to get worse. And tonight we got the honors award which will be exciting to see who gets into the Hall of Fame and some of the people who won you know, the MVP award, Lamar Jackson, Defensive Player of the Year. Maybe it's Miles Garrett, so it'll be fun to see all that. Uh, Michael, as, as I look at this, i got to tell you, to me, there's not a lot of oomph so far to this matchup. I mean, we know both teams. The Chiefs have been there. 49ers are trying to break through. I, I'm just not feeling it. Does it seem a little off to you? You're there, or am I off? No, I think the reason it seems off is because the Niners – have probably played two of their worst games of the season and still got here. Like, everybody's a little bit shaken about, you know, look, Detroit could have won, Green Bay could have won. But conversely, you know, when you go back and look at it, I mean, Buffalo had every opportunity to win that game and they couldn't pull it off. And Baltimore had it. I don't know what Baltimore was doing, their game plan and all that. But, you know, they didn't play as well as they needed to play against the Chiefs. So I get the sense that people are really uh, concerned about the Niners. There's not that... They don't come into the game with momentum. They came into the game yeah. with two wins, but you could have easily said, hey, they could have lost this game. And I think I think that's what's caused a little bit. Plus, I don't understand it. Rodney, maybe you can explain it. Rock Purdy's really good, and nobody wants to give him any credit. The guy averages almost 10 yards per, per attempt, unheard of in the annals of the NFL, and nobody wants to give him credit. 
We love yeah. Kurt Warner's story. I mean, Kurt Warner, when he went to Green Bay, you can ask Ron Wolf this. He wouldn't even throw the ball. He was so intimidated. Then he went and worked in a grocery store, and then he became the Iowa Barnstormers. And then he went to St. Louis. Nobody called him a game manager, even though he had Torrey Holt, Isaac Bruce, Azakim, Marshall Falk. Pretty good, yeah. right? You know, I mean, that's not a bad offense. They didn't call him a game manager, right? And yet yeah. we love his story, and we should love his story. But why don't we love Brock Purdy's story? Yeah, I don't know what that is, Mike. I, I, I really don't. And I, we, Fred and I talked about it earlier in the show about this whole game manager thing. And people say, oh, we don't mean it as a negative connotation. Yes, you do. When you say it, you do mean it that way. And I don't know a quarterback alive who ever played the position that isn't a game manager. So I don't get the whole <laughs> negative thing around it. Um, and I don't know if it's because he was uh, Mr. Irrelevant, last player picked, and or people just hating on the 49ers. I, I, I really don't understand it because as soon as you say, oh, he's a game manager, he can only play within the system, well, did you watch the NFC, NFC Championship game? Did you watch him make first downs on with his legs when the pocket broke down? Did you see him go off script and make plays? That's not technically or quotes what a game manager does. So I, I'm, I'm with you, no, man. I, I, I really don't get I it. I agree. And look, and they call him a bad athlete. If he's a bad athlete, what's Brian Branch? Because he ran away from him. Exactly. <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> uh, Michael, so when you look at the Chiefs, look, like it or not, I think it's fair to say, a lot of this pre-Super Bowl hype involving the Chiefs has not been about Patrick Mahomes. It's been about Taylor Swift. And is she going to make it yeah. back? And the story between the two of them. I have to be honest. I don't think it's such a bad thing for the NFL. I think her interest oh. in the game is actually exposing the game to a whole new generation of fans. Does that make sense? Fred, anybody who tells you they don't like the Taylor Swift thing, just tune them off. Shut them down. Because she's putting money in everybody's pockets. She's brought interest to the game on a worldwide level. Now, we've had a lot of interest in this game, but she's good for the game. And we should recognize that. Because she's bringing in an audience that perhaps wouldn't have watched football before. And that's great for all of us because people are more interested. People are willing to look at it. And so, for me, I love it. I love the fact that she's here. I love the fact that people are paying attention to it. I love the fact that we're going to take a game to Brazil next year. And all this benefits the, you know, everybody thinks it just benefits the owners. No, it benefits the players, too, because as the salary cap and the revenues increase, the players share in that. So as she kind of transcends the game, right? The NBA for years said, we're the global sport. We're going to take over the NFL. Well, I think they were wrong. Who's taking over the NFL is the NFL. Yeah, 100%. And when you stand with Kansas City, Mike, when you look at this this game, if Kansas City does win and Mahomes wins his third um, and Andy Reid, um, do we start to, to look at those two as Belichick kind of Brady thing? I mean, because they, you know, Mahomes is still relatively young, and it doesn't seem like Andy Reid is, is ready to step down anytime soon. No, I think Andy loves the process. Like Belichick, he loves the process. And so – you know, I, I think, look, they're, they're, whether they win or not, this, they're, going, they're not going away. This is probably one of the worst teams they've had in terms of offensive football. Now, what they did was, we call Purdy a game manager. All right, so let's talk some interesting facts. Pacheco, during the season, averaged 14 carries a game. During the postseason, he's up to 21. Mahomes averaged seven yards per attempt during the regular season. He's at 7.0 during the postseason. Nothing's really changed. He's not been spectacular. They've had 19 drives of seven plays or more since they've started winning. When they got done, when the Raiders beat them Christmas Day, the next game, next week, Cincinnati. 
Mahomes has managed the offense perfectly. They went back, Rodney, to the old West Coast short passing game. We're going to run some option routes, all this. Not trying to hold the ball, protect the offensive line, get it out of his hands, don't turn it over, win with defense. They give up, they've scored 23 points, given up 14. So they've changed. He's managing the team, too. But nobody wants to give Purdy credit, right? They all say he's a manager. I think this is, to me, what, what Reed's done since that game in Las Vegas, since that game in Kansas City against the Raiders. What he's done is what, what Brady and Belichick did. They've won Super Bowls different ways. And if he pulls this one off with this off, which will be the worst offense he has for a while, it can be really powerful. Michael Lombardi with us. I'm going to switch over to some coaching moves. Uh, let's start with the Chargers, Jim Harbaugh. We are of the opinion they did exactly what they had to do. They had to make a splash. They had to get the the top target as he was considered in most circles. Did they do what they had to do? Well, I think they did because if you said to me, what do the Chargers need more than anything? They need mental toughness. They need physical toughness. And without that, they weren't going to be able to get where they needed to go. So they absolutely had to do that. And because of that, what Jim Harbaugh brings to the table, they were able to do that. And I think that's really powerful. I think he gives them a legitimately tough-minded strategist. See, I think people confuse Jim Harbaugh for a guy that, you know, is a play caller and he designs offenses because he played quarterback. No, this is a great leader. This is a guy who's going to make the team tougher. He's going to make the team more physical. He's going to do the things that it takes to win the game. He's not going to go for it on fourth down at his own 18-yard line and let the other team get three points. This is exactly what they needed. Yeah, no, I know. I agree, and you're absolutely right. He's not the guy that's got the, you know, the play sheet on the sideline calling the plays. He manages the whole entire team, and he is a, a great leader, which I think is why guys respect him you know, so much, uh, both at the college and, and the pro level. Um, and we said this before, Mike, that you know, the Chargers went hard after Harbaugh. He was the first name threw out there that they wanted, including, I mean, amongst every other team that wanted him. But if the Chargers didn't get him, it would have been horrendous for the Chargers. If they went after him that hard and didn't land him in L.A., I think it would have been devastating for the Chargers. Well, they need, you know, look, sometimes the owner needs credibility, right? The ownerships yeah. need credibility. And how do you get credibility? You gain credibility by, by uh, hiring somebody that gives it to you, right? I think that's one of the biggest mistakes they made in Carolina. Look, nothing against Dave Canales, but that owner needed credibility. I think it's a mistake they made in Washington. I like Dan Quinn, but, you know, you're sitting there with Mike Vrabel out there, and you're sitting out there with Bill Belichick, and you don't yeah. make a move to go after either one of those guys. I think you're making a mistake because both those teams need new stadiums. Why did Jerry Jones hire Bill Parcells? Well, he's a great coach, that's A. But B, more than just being a great coach, he needed a stadium. And he got that stadium because he got credibility with Parcells. So on the topic of coaching, are you surprised Belichick didn't end up anywhere? I'm really surprised. I don't know how you stand in front of your fan base and say we're committed to winning. You know, and basically it was Arthur Smith's fault why we only won 21 games over the last three seasons. It was all his fault. And, you know, we're going to just stay with the status quo. Rich McKay wanted Raheem Morris before the Belichick thing came into play. And that's what he ended up getting. They decided to stick with their front office as opposed to making a move for Bill. I think they'll regret it. And this is, I love Raheem. I think Raheem's a really, I think what Raheem did for the Rams is remarkable. I love Raheem. This is more about you got a team in, in law, you got a team in Atlanta that hasn't won. The front office hasn't proven that they can build the right team. They draft a running back when they already had a decent running back, and they needed a three technique, and they let him go who played at Georgia named Jalen Carter. 
Hey, Mike, Mike, I want to ask you a question. It, 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 it's kind of a twofold one. Um, first off, the, how do you feel about the state state of the NFL where it is right now? Because I, th- I do, I think, I do believe it's at an all time high, and it's really, you know, cooking with gas on all cylinders right now. Um, but the state of college football feels like it's spiraling out of control, um, yeah. and it feels like they're polar opposites right now. What do you make of all that? Well, I think you're going to see a lot of college guys try to go to pro. We know Chip Kelly's interviewed for college, for pro jobs at UCLA there. He's got a head coaching job in a school in the Big Ten, which is a tremendous opportunity, and he's talking about being the offensive coordinator of the Seattle Seahawks. That tells you all you need to know about college football right now is the fact that it's hard. NIL is really hard. It's really a challenging job. And so, you know, until they put some rules on it, until they make the, the playing field level, it's going to continue to get hard. I think Nick Saban still coaches – for another three or four years if the NIL and all this stuff wasn't in play. But it is, and you've got to do it. Look, I think the players deserve to get paid. I think the players deserve to take some of the profits that the schools have been making for years. But at some point, there has to be some rules and regulations. Host of the Lombardi Line on Beeson, host of the GM Shuffle podcast, former NFL GM, three-time Super Bowl-winning NFL executive, Michael Lombardi. Michael, thank you for coming on. We really appreciate it. Thank you. Anytime, Rodney. All the best. You too, buddy. Okay, I'm done. Okay. Yeah, he knows his stuff. He's big time, Rodney. Yeah, he does. I was with him in Philly for a minute. Um, But, yeah, and he was with the Raiders as well. But, yeah, he knows his stuff. Been around a long time. Knows all. All the ins and outs. I won't say it, Fred, but he knows where they're all buried. Yeah. You know what? (laughs) And somebody like that is very valuable. Yes. Uh, February 15th through the 18th, the PGA Tour returns to Los Angeles, and greatness will be unleashed on the greens. Tournament host Tiger Woods welcomes an elite field to compete at the iconic Riviera Country Club. Tickets on sale now at GenesisInvitational.com. Okay, Laker fans, we've talked about what they did at the trade deadline, which was nothing. We Well, we also talked about what the Clippers did at the trade deadline, which was nothing. But when you look at the two teams, the Clippers seem to be in a little better position than the Lakers. So, Laker fans, you tried to call last hour. We're doing it now. We're going to open the phone lines. Are you pleased with the roster as constructed? What would you have done if not? 866-987-2570. All right. Jump online right now. We'll take your calls next. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Ayow is right. Let's keep this thing moving on a throwback Thursday. Rodney Pete, Fred Rogan. Ah, ah, yeah. They starting to flow in, Freddie. I see them. I see them out my window. Do you? Yeah, I do. Planes are landing left and right. You know that you can't even get out of town on Monday. Yeah, that's what I heard. That yeah. uh, it's going to be so jammed with private planes that if you go, you can't get out Monday. Can't get out. All right. If you don't have it scheduled, you can't get out. All right. Our question here, Rodney, is this. Uh, Laker fans, nothing happened at the trade deadline. A lot of talk about D'Angelo Russell. A lot of talk about DeJounte Murray. But nothing happened. 
So, are you good with that? Are you good with this roster? The buyout market will be next. Dan Wojcicki was on earlier. Mentioned that Spencer Dinwiddie might be a guy. But aside from that, this is it. Are you good with this? Let's go to the phone lines. And Sam in Agoura Hills, thanks for holding. What do you think? Yo, thanks for letting me in on this, fellas. Uh, I think Lakers are going to be uh, just the best chance they have now. There's no marquee players out there making a huge change. LeBron's there, Anthony Joe. they got the diversity of young players. It's going to come out of the first five games out of the All-Star break. Whether they're going to get it done this year or the big-time criticism is going to start. And it's going to start with tonight. Yeah, they've got Denver tonight. Appreciate the call, Sam. That was the dilemma. Yeah. Can you become appreciably better by making a move? And if you can, where is that move? Really, Rodney, as you looked at it for some time, there was no way they could get a lot better by making a move. They are what they are. I, I really believe that, that they are what they are. Now, some of the names mentioned out there, Jonte Murray would have helped them defensively. If you remember last year, um, I think Darvin Ham did a great job of of everybody or, or getting everyone to buy in defensively because that's what really got them to the conference championship. And even going back further than that, the Frank Vogel bubble championship, I don't even hate calling it a bubble championship, the championship that they won with Frank Vogel, it was defense that really got them over the top. They played well. They made some big shots. Anthony Davis played well. LeBron, obviously. Um, uh but it was their defense, their defense that really got them over the top. And so they could have maybe added some help on defense, but I don't think it moved the needle that much to make them considerably better than what they are now. All right, Lynn, let's go to Irvine. Thanks for holding. What do you think? Rodney and Rogan, my favorite, too. I see Kevin's is always getting better and better. But what I think is we're no better than we were last year, and we couldn't get by Denver. So there should have been at least one move made because D'Angelo Russell and Austin Reeves in the playoff, they don't get respected. Guys are going to be going over them again. Murray shooting over the top, Porter, guys like that. We're not big enough. I thought we should have got Hayward and Olenek, two, two floor-stretching guys. So, in my opinion, the hourglass is going to run out probably second round of the playoff. That being said, that being said, Lynn, okay. But then what, what should they have done? What would have been the magic bullet? What did they? What could they possibly have done? I would have liked to have added another outside shooter to Ooh. take the pressure off Ooh. Russell. Uh, Hay- Hayward, he got traded. Hayward. But I think they're looking for him on the buyout market. And Kelly Olenek got moved, and he would have been able to help AD and stretch the floor. Those two guys, if I was the GM, I would have acquired them. Well, Hayward made $31 million, so the Lakers could not have afforded him. Uh, yeah. And I see what you're saying. But even that, let's just bring somebody in. Lynn, thanks for the call. Really appreciate it. Uh, all right, Roddy, let's bring somebody in and stretch the floor. Is that going to be enough? Let's right. bring somebody in and stretch the floor. Is that is that it? Is that the missing piece of the yeah. puzzle? Is it? And I think they, you know, they thought that Gabe Vincent was going to help him out in a few areas, and 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 that didn't pan out because of the injury. Um, but yeah, let's bring in somebody to stretch the floor. Well, ooh. Who's going to make that kind of impact different? And if you look the way D'Angelo Russell is playing right now, offensively, um, I don't know who could come in and play better than him offensively, Fred. All right, let's go uh, Jesse in Orange. And I think Jesse agrees with you, Rodney. Go ahead, Jesse. Thanks for holding. Yeah. Hey, Fred. Hey, Rodney. Raider Nation. 
Right on. Hey, um, you're exactly on point. Uh, there's really, there's, there's nobody else out there. I, I, I think, like, when the Lakers are, like, let's say the backs against the wall, they play great. And you have LeBron James and AD, two top five players. They're, they're, I mean, you just got to be patient. Uh, yeah. Okay. Got to be patient, right. Fred. No, I understand. I understand you have to be patient. But now look at it like this. And Jesse, thanks for the call. Uh, look at it like this. You have to be patient. See, I believed at the beginning of the year, and I still do, that they can make a run in the playoffs. I do think they have a roster that is consistent enough, if they all play, to really have a say in how this thing all goes down. But for argument's sake, let's say they don't. That's another lost year. See, because we're given what they did last year, if they don't get to that point again, now it's just disappointing. Before they got there, they won their title, but then they were what they were. Before they got there last year, it was like, are you fine? That was the only one you'll get. All right, now they got there last year. And you're thinking, okay, they're pretty good. So anything that doesn't really resemble the kind of run, I'm not saying they have to go to the conference finals, but anything that doesn't kind of resemble that, I think now is disappointing. And despite the fact LeBron is having really one of his best years, the, the clock is ticking. So then the frustration grows because you have a guy getting old. It's the same argument every year. It's the exact same argument every year. He's getting older. He brought you one. You need another one. And every year you don't get another one, I think it becomes more frustrating and disappointing. Miko and Compton. Say again? Every year you don't get one. It's like five years of not getting one. Yeah, right. Right. 100%. Because of LeBron, yeah. Mm -hmm. Miko and Compton. Appreciate you holding. What's going on? Hey, what's going on with it, Rodney P? Fred, what's going on? Detroit Dean. Let's go. Hey, I think think uh, Rodney, you're exactly right. They should have just stayed put. You know, it's nobody. Murray, uh, he's not a game changer. He could change the game if he comes in from day one and is a part of that team. He got good defense, a great young player. But just to come in at the half of the season, he's not no game changer. If Vanderbilt could get back healthy, the last two years the Lakers started off slow. After the All-Star break, they, they pick it up. The West much better this year. I don't know if they can make it back to the Western Conference Final, but they can fight their way into the playoffs with LeBron. Ron and AD, and just let Coach Darvin Ham, you know, figure it out. You can't just – and they don't need to trade D'Angelo Russell making, a, you know, a mockery out of his career. It's like every year he gets traded. Like, no, just let him sit somewhere and figure it out. You know, we bring him back. Okay, figure it out. So I think they'll make a push for the playoffs, and it'll be like the last two years, the second half, the Lakers are going to make up that ground because AD and LeBron going to, you know, come come together. Darvin Ham going to figure it out. All right. Well, I, I think Laker fans hope you're right, Miko. I kind of thought that's the way it would be this year. But we'll find out. Thanks for the call and a belated Happy New Year. Yeah. All right, listening on the app in Virginia, Gino. We haven't heard from Gino in a while, Rodney. Go ahead, Gino. What's up, gentlemen? Just doing some archery shooting lately. Just left the range. Oh, okay. Anyways, uh, on the Laker point, LeBron and AD, I hope they don't get hurt. 
this year. They've done fantastic. They're just going above and beyond, especially LeBron at his age. You can't uh, go for next year, today, this year. Uh, Russell, he's been doing good. I can see that he didn't want to get traded, or, and nobody really wanted it from what I kept rating. Um, we need a shooter that's going to defend. I'm mean, a point guard that needed to defend and a shooter to spread out the floor. Uh, I kind of go on what uh, the dean was saying earlier a couple of segments ago, what he was saying about and what they needed. Now they should have been going against it. Hopefully they'll get to the Western Conference Finals and more, but I think they're going to get kicked out of the second round, if not before that. All right, Gino. Appreciate it. By the way, Rodney? Yeah. Uh, if they don't make it to the second round, it's disappointing, correct? If they don't make it uh, to the second round, the the second round? Yeah. yeah, I would say so. After getting yeah. to the conference finals uh, a year ago, you know, you got healthy LeBron and AD. Yeah, because that would be the knock, right? Oh, well, we weren't at full strength or LeBron was, was nicked up and not healthy and AD wasn't healthy going into the playoffs. That's been, a, you know, the, the excuse that they've had a few times where they didn't didn't really make it far. So if if those guys stay healthy and they get knocked out after the first round, yeah, it would be it would be disappointing. Okay, Joe's in LA, he's been holding. Joey appreciate it. Go ahead. Stop it. Stop it, Lakers. Stop the dreaming. They're never never gonna win with LeBron still. They the only chest look, they don't have anything to give anybody. They got one first round pick. The only way they can get something is to let him go. It's four, He's 40. And AD will be a better player, mark my words, will be a better player. He will blossom when LeBron is gone. Get Miles Bridges. That kid can play. And okay. he's a wing. He's 27. He can shoot. He can give you all you need. And LeBron is holding this thing up. And well, everybody has got it wrong. Joe, here's the he's thing. He's got to go. Joe, all right. No, 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 hold on a second. Hold on a second. All right. So here's kind of where you're at. You're kind of trapped. That's the problem. You're kind of trapped. First, they're not going to trade him. They should have traded him in the past. They're not trading him anywhere. He's not going anywhere. And even when he goes, well, the hourglass is like sands to the hourglass. And what am I going to do? He's going to stay right here. He makes $51 million. Come on. So he's not going anywhere. And he's playing. And really, he's playing as a guy that anybody in the league would want. So he's not going anywhere. And we can't play fantasy basketball with Mile Bridges. The thing is this. The team is LeBron and AD. Period. The end. That's it. That's how it's constructed. And that's how it's going to go. It's the supporting cast around them that will make the difference. And if you sat here and told me right now, you didn't believe going into this season, given the, given the roster that was assembled, they'd have a hell of a chance, then I, I would say you're wrong. Because they would. That roster, as constructed, I thought was the best everybody roster thought. they've had since LeBron's been here. Yeah, everybody thought that. I, I mean, mean the, it, it was a consensus going into this season that, and we talked about, oh, you know, the Lakers and Rob Palenka did a great job constructing this team. And you're right, Fred. I think that is the best roster that they've had since LeBron's joined the team. Um, they've got size. They've got length. They've got the shooters. Um, I, I, yeah, absolutely. So, I, I'm not I'm not trading away LeBron, and there's no guarantee that AD starts to blossom because LeBron is gone. It could very well go the other way. 
Yeah, and they're not trading him. It doesn't matter. He's not going anywhere. Even if you want him to go somewhere, he's not going anywhere. Joe, thanks for the call. Appreciate it. Uh, Patrick and Whittier's been holding. All right, Patrick, let's jump you on here. What do you have to say? Man, you guys are really nice because that guy um, saying, <laughs> saying to trade LeBron, come on, man. You can't get anything out there that's better than what he's putting on the floor right now. But regardless, that's besides my point. I'm looking at the Lakers roster. The Lakers roster is perfect. You guys couldn't have said it better. Um, they got the wingspan to cover that that pick and pop that when they set that high screen that Murray was killing us from the beyond the line. They have the wing defenders to, to combat that. But what we need to find on this roster is who is going to be our dog in the yes. playoffs to win the championships. You need a dog, dog. to get under the skin. Look at Rondo, Rondo. In, the, Rondo. in the bubble, right? Yes. His boy, even his brother was in the stands starting fights. Like, let's go. Like we need <laughs> somebody to come in, and do what they do to get under the te- the other team's skin. And who, I'm asking you guys, who do you think can be that dog for the Lakers to take us all the way to the championship and bring it home? If Vanderbilt is healthy, I think he could be. I think he could be the dog, Rodney. You think so? Yeah. I, I think he's too nice in certain, certain circumstances. You know, I think, we, you know, dog can... It encompass a lot of things. I think he's got the ability, and 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 he's he's got the will. Um, but you need you need a little bit more of an attitude too. And I think he's a, he's a younger player that uh, that brings it every night, brings that energy. But the dog factor, uh, he's, I think he's still got a little ways to go with that. How about Austin Reeves? He's got some dog in him, but um, I don't know if enough. I don't know if enough. Um, he's scrappy. I would call him more scrappy than dog. All right. <laughs> this guy's got a dog in, in him, and uh, we'll wrap it up with him. Go ahead, Mitch. <laughs> How's it going, Rodney? Uh, hey, Fred, Mitch. Take my call. Hope everything's well. Oh, God. Yeah, I guess the Lakers are kind of waving white flag. It's a tough conference. They should have made a move. They couldn't get good buddies for three second-round picks and a body. What about a big guy? Can you imagine a, a front court of LeBron at small forward, which is kind of funny. LeBron, nothing small about LeBron. Anthony Davis, and somebody rotating center. You should have done something. All right. Thanks for the call, Mitch. Do you want to respond to Mitch at all, Rodney? We love you, Mitch. We love okay. you, Mitch. I know everybody says you should have done something, but what do you do? You know what was out there. It was It was plain and simple for the last few weeks. What was out there? And what was out there, as we've talked about, does that move the needle and make you better? And I really don't think so. This Sunday afternoon, catch the action to the big game between Kansas City and San Francisco. Kickoff at 3.30 on your radio home of the NFL, AM570 LA Sports. It's presented in part by Rotolo Chevrolet. See what the fun is all about at Rotolo Chevrolet. Rodney, you have some Super Bowl experience. I do. It was lucky enough to be in one back in 2003. Let's talk about it when we get back. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. (laughs) 
Chumba. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Come on, little Rick James for you. Go ahead, Ronnie. Throwback Thursday, Rodney Pete, Fred, Rogan. Yes. Super Bowl week. All right, so you're up there. What's it like so far? Ah, I tell you what. Um, I'm very interested, Fred, on how the NFL uh, responds or feels about it being here in Vegas. Um, it's a huge, obviously, a huge deal. There's not many places in the world like Las Vegas uh, in fact, there isn't any place in the world like Las Vegas um, with so many things going on. And, and Las Vegas has proven it can handle so many things. I mean, they just had the F1 here, which was crazy going through the city and the Strip and all of that. Um, Super Bowl is obviously a different animal with, um, you know, with everybody coming from around the world and you got to accommodate the teams and, and, and the NFL and all it brings. Uh, they certainly have the hotel space. To, to handle the Super Bowl, which in some cities that's been an issue. Um, but yeah, Thursday is usually the day where most people start to come in and the parties really start. Uh, I, I'm, I'm kind of feeling it this morning that you could feel people coming into town and you could feel the the uh, the weight of the crowds coming. But it's exciting. It's exciting. Vegas, I mean, it, it, but on, on, on the same notion, a lot of things can go wrong in Vegas. There's a lot of opportunities, a lot of temptations and so I'm sure that the security level that the NFL has imposed um, on this city and the teams and and everything associated with the NFL is probably doubled or tripled because it's Las Vegas. Yeah, I think that'd be a great place to have it. I do. You know, and you've been to a, a number of games. So have I. Different venues around the country. Uh, obviously, L.A. is a great place to stage any event. Uh, you know, we both know Phoenix like the back of our hand. And I'm always curious when they have the event in Phoenix because I grew up there. My daughter lives in Gilbert. We get over there all the time. And I think, you know what, honestly, and, and I love Phoenix, there's really not a lot to do in Phoenix. I'm yeah. just being honest with you. I don't yeah. think it's the restaurant capital of the world. Yeah. You got to manufacture it, right? Right. And you, you the games in Glendale, it's like, ugh. I mean, it's a warm weather site. I get that. But there's not a ton of stuff to do in Phoenix. Vegas will no. be different. Yeah, a New the only Orleans thing that I think that Phoenix can handle, you know, because it's it the, the weather wise it, it it accommodates it. But if you're if you like to play golf, obviously going to Phoenix and having it there for people that want to come enjoy the Super Bowl, play some golf, use it as a as many vacation. It's 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 perfect. But you're right, uh, Phoenix doesn't have the, the amount of restaurants that say L.A. or New Orleans or Miami or now Vegas has. Um, you know, we were we were out at a restaurant last night. It was it was very packed. I actually ran into ran into Dean Spanos last night and my good friend uh, Sharon Hernandez, and and they were uh, having dinner at at, at the uh, Fountain Blue. Um, but it, um, I think it'll do do well um, because you don't have to manufacture anything. Vegas has already got the nightclubs. It's already got the restaurants. It's already got the things built in. You don't have to search for hotel rooms. So it it is it 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 has all the makings of being a perfect spot 
for the Super Bowl and and the stadium. You mentioned Glendale in Arizona, where you got to drive an hour and a half to get out to Glendale for that game from Scottsdale. But here, but here, you know, at the Allegiant Stadium, at the end of the Strip. So you know, you can a lot of people are going to be walking. That's the only problem. I think is parking for a lot of folks is is going to be that. That's going to be an issue. But I think there are so many shuttles going to and from the game. It's going to be okay. Um, but it's right in the mix. So you come out of the game, you're right at the hotels. You're, you know, MGM's right there. Mandalay Bay's right there. Go down the street, and there's the Bellagio and the Wynn and the Mirage, and all those hotels are right down the strip. So it's it's going to, I think it's going to leave a lasting impression that the NFL goes, we gotta we gotta be here every four years. I bet they will. I bet they will. You 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 get it. You know what the week is like. You were with Carolina when they were in the Super Bowl. Yeah. Uh, for our listeners, you know, talk about what it's like for a player, what you go through, what the expectations and the requests are, and how you get ready. Yeah, you know, it's uh, our our Super Bowl that I was in in Carol when Carolina we played the Patriots. It was in Houston, and it was the uh, it was the first time it was in Houston. I don't think it's been back to Houston. I don't know if it goes back to Houston. To be honest with you, even though Houston's a you know a huge city. Um, we fly in. You fly in on Monday, usually uh, the week of the Super Bowl, and and then Tuesday's the big media day. And you try after that, as as a player and as a team, to try to keep things as normal as possible in terms of schedule. Um, and and usually a lot of teams will stay kind of on the outskirts of whatever's going on in the city. And and I think uh, San Francisco stand in Henderson, I believe, or there one of the teams is out in Henderson, and another I don't know where the other team is, but um, you you want to be outside of the mix, and the, and the the good part about it is that the NFL did away with you know having the Super Bowl one week after the championship games. They used to alternate it, and now they've gone back to keeping it at two weeks uh, after the championship game because you need that week, Fred. You need that week to get all of your accommodations set. And that's what they encourage you to do as a player is make sure your family is set, make sure your tickets are all set and who's going to the game. So when you fly into that city, it turns into a normal week of practice and preparation getting ready for the game. But I will tell you, it is, without a doubt, the longest week of your life. (laughs) I mean, days feel like three days uh just leading because there's so much anticipation to get to sunday that it just strings and goes on and on and on to the point where you're at thursday like today and even friday you're like man can the game just get here already it feels like forever um and it, and it really does and it's uh it's a bunch of hurry up and waits going on um but it's exciting because it's something that you've dreamed about since you were you know, eight years old, or a little kid, when he first started playing football, is playing in the Super Bowl. And it's uh, everything. I will say this. It is everything you could imagine and more. It really is. It is the pinnacle because you realize, you know, again, I talk about hurry up and wait. That day before Saturday, I think, is where it really starts. You start to really feel it. Because Saturday usually is the day that each team gets to go do their final walkthrough practice at the stadium. And so you go inside the stadium and you see, you know, the logos and the emblems and everything that's outside the stadium, the big pictures and 
and then there are people getting ready and, and rehearsing and all those things as you're doing your walkthrough and you start to feel what it's going to be like on Sunday, knowing that it's not only, you know, a few million people watching that's, you know, part of each hometown, but the whole entire world is going to be watching. And that is a, that is a very impactful feeling. Wow. Yeah, it really is. Do, and then, do, you, do you sleep Saturday night? Uh, no, no. I would bet that 90% of the guys, probably 95% of everyone, has to get a little help to sleep on Saturday night. Has to get some sort of sleeping aid to help them go to sleep on Saturday night because you cannot, you cannot go to sleep on your own because you're, you, you're so excited and so wound up that you're ready to go. And I can remember we uh, and we used to do this in, in Carolina. There was a group of us. We would always play cards the night before the game. Oh, I thought you'd and, be like Calvin Johnson and smoke a little weed. <laughs> well, some guys did. Some guys, you know, whatever it takes. Some guys had to have a little that uh, little that brown liquor before they go to sleep. You know, to help them get get to bed early. Some wanted some gin and some bourbon or whatever. So you know, whatever got you uh, got you ready. Guys would do. Um, but we yeah we would play cards the night before the game and and um, and uh, I remember that particular week our card games would go for hours and hours and hours and we got a little extension on the night before the game because the coaches knew we couldn't sleep so they're like okay because normally curfews like around eleven eleven thirty um, but as long as you were in your room or somebody else's room they were okay with it but I can remember playing playing cards to about twelve thirty one o'clock the night before the game and. Uh, Knowing that you know we weren't able to go right to sleep anyway, so it was. And then you wake up, Fred, and that's the Sunday. You talking? I talked about the longest week. Sunday is the longest day because you you so you are so ready to wake up, have breakfast, which is your pregame meal, and then get on the bus and go to the stadium because usually you're ready for a one o'clock kickoff. Um, Super Bowl Sunday is so long. You wake up. You're, you're laying around. You just can't wait. And uh, they schedule the early buses a little bit earlier than they do normally because guys want to just get to the stadium. And that drive to the stadium, you start reflecting on everything. That your whole your whole season, your whole career, your life as you're driving to the stadium. It's really, really surreal. And then you get there and you walk the field and you see it. Um, it's um, it's impressive. But just getting to the game takes forever to get to the game. And as it's building, uh, your, your butterflies are building and building and building and building. And uh, you, you can't get over it. I, I, um, I remember um, coming out for warm-ups and the stadium being already almost half full. And up and down each sideline was nothing but celebrities on the field. You know, and I, re- I remember uh, as we came out, I ran over and I saw um, a person I knew. It was a good friend of ours uh, who actually was running CBS at the time, Les Moonves, and I think CBS had the game. Um, and he was standing talking to um, he was talking to Steven Spielberg, and he was talking to Jerry Bruckheimer on the sidelines. And and I knew I knew Les. Um, just from his Warner Brother days, and and we actually got married at his house, so I knew him really well. 
and I went over to say hello to him as we came out for warm-ups, took a break, and I got to shake hands with Spielberg and Jerry Bruckheimer, and both of them kind of ran down my history. Like, they, they knew who I was, knew what I did, and knew I was in Carolina. I just got here a couple years ago, and I remember you played for the Eagles, blah, 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 and SC, I'm a big SC. I mean, they ran down all of that. I was like, oh, I'm blown away. I was like, you know, you, you know, even, you know, you play in the NFL, you're in the, you don't always expect guys like that to kind of know who you are, at least right. know background about you a little bit, you know, and they did. So I was like, damn, that's pretty, that's pretty cool. That's pretty cool. <laughs> I'm at the Super Bowl. These guys are excited to to shake my hand as much as I'm excited to shake their hand. So that was that was that was pretty impressive. But up and down the sidelines, nothing but celebs. Then you go in after warmups, and it's an extended, extended time because normally after you come off the field after warmups, you got about 20 minutes, and then you go back out to the game. And, and the Super Bowl is about 45 minutes. Then you go back out, and it's um that you got to sit there again. Man. Oh my God, you got to sit there again. And you're just walking around and, and just waiting and waiting. And that, that clock is just going so slow because all you do is want, all you want is the, the game to start. And then once it does eventually start, you do get settled in. It, it, it takes a little bit. It's different for everyone. But once the game does start, everything kind of, you block everything else out and it's going back to just playing football and focused on what you're doing. All right. When we come back, I'm going to ask you another question about Super Bowl week, and it's something most people don't ever uh, get to hear about. The Sunday afternoon, catch the action of the big game between Kansas City and San Francisco. Kick off at 3.30 on your radio home of the NFL, AM570 LA Sports, presented in part by Rotolo Chevrolet. See what the fun is all about at Rotolo Chevrolet. Okay, we'll have spirituality with Vic. That'll be this hour. And uh, I'm going to ask you a question, Rodney, and I'll bet you the majority of people listening don't have any idea what this answer will be. And we'll do it when we come back. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. 